What's up, everybody? It's time for another Master Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I help people to quit their jobs by investing in real estate rental properties so they never have to work a job again. Now, today's show, we're going to be talking about how to find an area of the country to start investing in because there's so many places out there to invest. And in my opinion, all real estate is local. You know that saying where they say it's location, location, location? Well, forget that because we're investors. We're not going to live in these properties. We're going to have other people live in these properties and they want to live in those areas. So don't worry about that. Now, what you need to do is find the best areas of the country that have good cash flow that you can pay a little money for and get a lot of money out of. All right, guys, let's jump into today's show where we talk all about finding a great area of the country to invest. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about all aspects of real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, let's start today's show. Now, recently, I've been hearing a lot about the state of Oregon. I have some investor people that I know that invest in Oregon, plus I've read articles on Oregon, and what I'm hearing is not good for me. I would never, personally never, invest in Oregon the way that they have laws now. It's absolutely crazy how they have changed the laws to go so far against landlords now. Now, there's such a thing called rent control. Now, that's not what we're going to be talking about today. Maybe a future topic that we're going to have in the podcast is talking about rent control. But the state of Oregon has rent control now. It is so ridiculous. Now they're saying you cannot, like basically they're controlling the amount of rent you can raise. They said you could only raise it up 7% a year which is sadly actually makes that that it's going to be a required 7% a year. The, the government doesn't really have any clue what they're doing. So when you say it's a maximum, it will be the uh, minimum or basically it's set. You're always going to have an increase of 7% no matter what on top. And it's going to hurt the tenants. On top of that, a, t- a landlord cannot just move somebody out. Just say, hey, I'm going to give you 30-day notice because I'm going to move into my own property. You know, I'm moving back into town. You have 30 days notice or 90-day notice. You cannot do that anymore. You cannot get anybody out of your house. In fact, I have a landlord person that I work with that he says that in Oregon, his property's there. He now has to pay for people to find new places to live. You heard that right. He has to actually pay them to move their stuff, pay to move their things, pay to get them into their new place. It is horrific. He is just so sad and so upset about his properties there. So you need to watch out where you're going to be investing and see what these rent control places are like. It's actually going to destroy your business. Now, not all the states are like this. Oregon's one. There's plenty of other states out there that have bad uh, rent control laws and things like that. So you need to watch out for that and do some research before you start buying properties. And if you've ever thought about investing in real estate rental properties, I don't want you to do it alone because if you started investing in Oregon, you didn't know what was going to happen with all this rent control stuff and you, you would probably lose money. I know I lost loads and loads of money because I didn't know what I was doing when I first started. Now, I want to help you start investing in real estate rental properties. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to three three. 
888-888-7777. And I will personally send you my free real estate investing course so that you can see how to get started, how to do it right. I'll even show you the calculations on how to do all that sort of stuff, making sure you're making money every single month. Remember, text the word rental to 33777. And if you want to get all of these show notes talking about everything, showing you videos, showing you how to do all this stuff with Zillow and how to find new properties and everything like that, I have the show notes page that is going to show you every single step of the way. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash 86. This is the 86 podcast episode, masterpassiveincome.com 86. And it'll also be in the description as well. So you can just click that link and go there and start learning right away. All right, now let's jump into today's show. We're, we're going to be talking about finding rental properties in other parts of the country. Now, not Oregon, like I said. I know New York City has some rent control. So we want to find places where they are landlord friendly, number one. But we also want to find to make sure that they are properties that we're going to make money on every single month. Remember, you want to be making $250 or more in passive income every single month. So I want to go through how I look for a new area to invest in, a new area of the country. Now, it could be your back door, you know, backyard where you um, literally drive maybe two minutes and then you see your first rental property or, or maybe 10, 20 minutes now, that might be really good for, for lots of people. You know, they have a house that they can buy that's um, uh, really quick and close to their house uh, their current where they're currently living. But I didn't have any money when I started. Like I, I told you before, I spent $17,000 and bought my very first rental property, and that was in Ohio. So I had very little money and just bought the property and said, let's let's do it. And so that's not not um, an easy thing for most people to do because there's a lot of risk. You know, you're buying someplace far away in another st another state, and that's is really really hard for most people. Now I'm going to tell you that it's really easy once you learn how to set up the business, once you learn the process of going and finding an area and making sure that you are get, buying a good area. Now here's another funny thing is. I actually started investing in Texas without ever even being in Texas. Um, I bought a property sight unseen when I started my business. Um, didn't even see the property, bought the property, fixed it up remotely, basically sitting in Fresno with my phone, talking to people and having them do all the work. And the property is doing really well for me. I got some great tenants in there. Um, and so I basically never went to Texas but bought the property because I've set up my business and know how to make sure that I go into an area, find out the area is good without even actually being there, buying a property and getting the business running. Now, let me give you the best way that I've found to find a new area of the country to invest in. So the first thing that I do is I go to Zillow.com, Z-I-L-L-O-W.com. Now, I broaden out for the entire country. You could zoom out and you could see the entire country once you're at that site. And say you want to pick a state, let's just say Tennessee or Idaho or Ohio or something like that. Pick that state and start zooming in. Um, zoom in on that state so that state is the entire screen. And then set your criteria for how much you want to buy a property for. You know, what's a total dollar amount? Maybe it's 100000 150000 If you know what type of square footage you want, this is my recommendation. Three bedroom, two bath, two car garage. Um, 1,200 to 1,400 square feet. Lots of different reasons why you want to stick to that. This is my own personal belief um, that gives me the best returns. And narrow down which properties there that fit that criteria. Now, as you do that, you can start scrolling in or zooming into certain cities that actually have um, a lot of properties that are either for sale that you can hopefully negotiate or something like that. 
but you start zooming in and getting closer and closer. Now that gives you the idea of where, you know, how to see an area and see if it's actually going to produce um, a property that you can buy. Now there's also things that you want to take into account is in this certain area, how much I could rent the property for on top of how much I could buy it for. Now I'm going to give you a quick rule of thumb. The quick rule of thumb is you want to be able to rent the property for 1% of the purchase price per month in order to make cash flow. This is just a rule of thumb. Once you get that rule of thumb, then you want to run the numbers. Like just don't go off that rule of thumb and uh, buy a property. So let me give you an example. So if you're gonna buy a $100,000 house, you want to make sure that the rent for that one property is going to be at least $1,000 a month or better. You know, if it's 1200, that's even better. 1400, that's way, way better. So um, at the current interest rates that they are right now, you should be able to have a good return if you find properties that are 1% of the purchase price every single month in rent. And so what I found is usually that'll give you the ability to run the numbers. You know, anything under that, like if it's, you're buying a $100,000 house and you're only going to rent it for $600, $700 a month, you're going to be losing money. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to lose money because of mortgage, taxes, insurance, property management fees, anything else that you're going to have expenses for, uh, vacancy factor, evictions, you're just going to lose money. So what you want to do is make sure that you use that 1% rule. Now, as you go through that 1% rule, it's going to help you to know how much that um, or how which properties that you're going to be able to put the time in or have a, the need to put time in to actually run the numbers. Running the numbers meaning go through the projections of the expenses, the income, um, how much money you're going to make every single month, how much debt you're going to have to take on by getting a loan, all that sort of stuff. And if you go to my website, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash resources. You can see I have a property calculator. It's free right there for you to use. You walk through um, the entire calculator and it pops out the numbers of how much money you're going to make every single month and how much your mortgage payments are going to be, what your income and expenses are. And I actually have a video on there as well. You watch the video and it actually walks you through this entire process. So let's move on. So what you want to do is you want to find the right area of the country to invest in. Now, it would be good to maybe find two or three um, different areas. You know, if you stick with your top three different areas, you know, maybe it might be um, two cities in the same state or a, a different state in, um, in different cities in every different state, whatever it might be. But you want to get a two or three so that you can, you can narrow things down. Now, the next thing, here's the next step that you want to do. You want to look for real estate brokers and start calling up real estate brokers so that you can get them on your team. So you want to talk to them. Now, real estate brokers, not just any real estate broker will do. Um, you get a lot of real estate brokers that, and they do real estate on the side to make more money, which is really good, good for them. Hopefully, you're, they're making money to provide for the family, hopefully buying some investments, things like that. But um, they're not necessarily investing type of realtors. They don't know how to work with investors. You want to talk to realtors that work with investors. And a good way to find them is really just ask. Say, you know, you call up a brokerage firm, a real estate broker firm, and just say, I have a um, investment property business. I want to buy some rental properties. Do you have anybody that works with investors like myself? So the person might say, well, yes, I do. But you never know if they actually do or not. So you need to talk to them about how much would how much rent would this one area get? You know, after you've already looked at Zillow, 
you narrow down in a city, like they say, you started in Tennessee, you went down to Nashville, you know, pick a city there and say, what are the prices in this one particular area? Um, how much can I rent it for? What are normal expenses? What are property taxes? Like start asking these questions so that you get to know if they know what they're talking about. And if they don't, then move on, find somebody else. But you'll find that you can get actually quite a few investing type realtors that they know how to work with investors. They know how to find cash flow properties. That's a big statement that you want to, or big um, key word, two words that you want to give cash flow. You want to ask for properties that give cash flow every single month. We're not looking to flip a property. That's all well and good. But what we invest for is money every single month so that you can live the dream life and not have to work a job. So you want to talk to commercial real estate brokers. Now, when you're talking to them, make sure you ask about the areas. You know, is this area a good area to invest in? How much rents could I get for these for these properties? Um, what are they? What are the normal going prices? You know, ask them all these things about the area because if they know what they're talking about, they're going to have answers right off the tip of their tongue. But if they don't know what they're talking about, they're going to say, "Well, let me get back to you." That's your time to say, "Oh, I'll get back to you," or you know, "I'm going to move on to somebody else." Also. Once you go from there, the next step would be talk to those realtors, the ones that you feel comfortable with that would actually provide good um, use to you. What you then want to do is to ask them about referrals for other professionals like uh, property managers, contractors, um, any other inspectors, you know, things like that that would help you to continue to build your business and build the team around you. Now, I have a team around me that I don't actually employ them, like they're not on a payroll, but they're basically like contractors that I pay and whatever service they provide, I pay them. And so what you want to do is talk to these contractors, sorry, talk to these realtors for people like contractors, property managers, inspectors, things like that, so that you have references for people that you're going to be putting on your team. Now, you're I want you to, once you talk to these realtors, get this information and then start calling all these other professionals and start talking to them. The biggest one that you would want to talk to, or the most important one, is a property manager. Now, your property manager is basically going to be your quarterback. They're going to be the main person in your business that does all the work, that coordinates everything, that makes sure that your business continues to run fine. So this is what I want you to do is once you're done talking to realtors, you get two or three realtors under your belt, and you and they, they're now looking for properties for you. Now, you want to talk to real estate property managers. Now, these property managers, you're going to actually be working with them on a day-to-day basis, or hopefully you're not going to talk to them very very much at all. They're just going to be sending you checks. But you want to work with somebody that you're going to be comfortable with. Somebody that you're going to say, you know, be okay with talking on the phone for five or 10 minutes once a month. And you know, you're not somebody that you're going to be, oh, great, I got to talk to this guy again and, and start talking to him. So I suggest when you start looking for a property manager to hire slow and fire fast. So hire slow, meaning you take your time interviewing property managers. Interview as many as you can. Get maybe three or four that you can put on a short list that you can start calling them and doing a second interviews or third interviews so that you can narrow down to the one or two property managers that you're going to be working with on a day-to-day or hopefully month-to-month basis. So next thing, after you're finding a property manager, find contractors, find whole um uh, handyman, you want to find all these other people that can fit on your business. Now, your property manager should have a lot of these people already in their business, already on their team. So as soon as you get one realtor or get a couple of realtors finding your properties, 
you find one property manager, they should be able to build the business around you because they've already built the business. If they've been doing it for any length of time, they should have a few people that are that can help you to continue to build their business. Now, in your building of a business in a whole brand new area of the country, you know, if it's another state or whatever, do as much as you can by phone. You can even use Skype or email, texting, things like that. But you want to do as much as you can remotely before you think about even visiting the area. Now, I personally am comfortable with not seeing an area before I purchase a property. Just, I, I guess that's just my risk tolerance. I'm able to do that. Not a lot of people are able to do that. If you can, then that's very advisable. But before we get there to where you might fly out there, which I'm not saying you shouldn't, um, so let's jump into talking about the phone and Skype or email or things like that. Now, in working with people, you want to make sure that these these contractors, the property managers, these realtors, that you can work with them on the phone, that they have good communication skills, and they actually get back to you. The last thing I want is to have a property manager that it takes four or five days to get anything back from them. I want them to be very quick and get back to me at, you know, within 24 hours. There is really no reason why they should not get back to you within 24 hours. Now, here's a quick tip I want to give you. Now, imagine you trying to find a property manager. The property manager, you're talking to them. They're trying to earn your business is really what it comes down to. You're the commodity. They're not the commodity. They're, they're, you're their customer. And so imagine you trying to get there or, you know, trying to work with them and them trying to earn your business. If they're not returning your calls within, you know, 24 hours or way less than that, like like an hour or two, they're trying to earn your business. So they should be putting their best foot forward. If it's taking them days to get back to you, then, you know, they're trying to earn your business. Imagine once they have your business, if they, they're not treating you well before they have your business, they're not going to treat you well after they have your business. That's just my own personal experience. So I would say when you're working with somebody on the phone and communicating with them, make sure that you're communicating uh, with somebody that actually does communicate well, that is going to treat you well. You, you know, basically first impressions are going to go a very long way. But what I want you to do is you do as much as you can by phone, even getting a property under contract where you're about ready to buy the property. It's going into escrow. You already have inspectors have gone by. You've already done so much before you actually buy a property. Now, let's jump into visiting the area. Now, now I'm going to say that I personally don't visit areas before I buy. Just, you know, that's how I am. But I have in the past before I really got comfortable with my business. I would fly out to a new area. I even flew out to a whole area um, in Illinois and I decided not to invest in that area because I couldn't find a good property manager. You know, I actually, um, I thought I had a good property manager, but flew out there. And after spending a day with them, um, I just didn't get a good feeling. So I moved on and, you know, found another area to invest in. What was actually really sad was I asked the property manager for references. I said, hey, I know you got some bunch of clients. Would you please give me two or three that I can call and get a reference for, you know, your services and how you provide for them? He literally said no. I, I, uh, excuse me, you, you don't want to give me any references from your customers, the people that you're working with? And he said, no, I, I, I don't give out that information. My customers, you know, my, my landlords provide or, uh, count on me to provide them security and safety and not be hassled with things. And I said, well, no, thank you. I'm done talking to you because if you can't give me a referral, then there's nothing to refer. It, it, it's probably really bad. I don't even want to go down that route. 
So I decided not to invest. I couldn't find another property manager um, in that area. So I actually flew out there before I didn't. I had a contract before I had a property manager set and all that sort of stuff. So what I'm going to suggest to you is make sure that you have everything ready. You're about ready to send the money, basically. You know, this is the last three or four days before contracts in. Your earnest money is going to be taken if you fall out of the deal. Like you have everything completely set. Now, once you do that, then fly out because you don't really don't have any skin in the game until you actually have a property under contract. You put earnest money down, like, you know, like a deposit down on the property. You don't have any skin in the game to actually go to the area. You know, and that's my opinion is once you've talked to so many people, property managers, realtors, contractors, you're going to realize that this is actually a good area. You're going to have so much communication throughout this process. So you're going to know, you're going to know so much about this area that you're not even going to be concerned about the, what's going on in the area because you already have all that knowledge and all that information. Uh, and so what you're actually going to do is then once you have the property under contract, you have your team set up, then you go out and that is when you look at the area. Now, as you're driving through the area, what you want to do as you're seeing it, and this is what I do. Usually, you know, I try to, I'm, I'm the type that I like to save money. So I just fly out there on a red eye, you know, sleep on the plane, fly out there on a red eye, get there in the morning, hit the ground running, get a rental car, start driving. I meet with two or three property managers face to face, have them show me their properties and have them walk me through their properties, tell me about their processes and things like that. I also meet with realtors. Um, I, I also meet with contractors. So I get all of these uh, meetings set up way beforehand. Like, hey, I'm flying out in three days. Can you can you meet me for you know a two hour? Can you walk me through for three hours? Or can you just you know meet me um, show me one of your jobs? Things like that. So you have all these lined up. So within um, the first day, you hit the ground running. You are meeting everybody. You stay the night there, and you're in this whole time. You're driving the area. You're seeing the neighborhoods. You're seeing um, where people are living, how they're playing, things like that. Then the next day. Do the same thing, get more meetings done, and then fly out that next night. That's my own personal way of doing it. Now, you could, and this is obviously because I would like to save a little bit of money. So um, I stay one night, so I pay one night for a hotel. There's no, I never feel that yeah, I need to stay there four or five days just to figure out if it's a good area to invest. I'm not living there, so I don't really care. I just want to make sure that I'm going to get a good return on my money. I don't want to put in my money into an area that I'm not going to make money. And so what I make sure is I get there, I see the area, I meet the people. And really, it's not even the area that I'm going to go see. It's meeting the people. It's meeting my property managers. It's it's meeting the, the realtors to get to know them better. That's really the, the crux of everything. Now, the area could be really, really bad, but you have a good return on your money. And that could be a, a, a huge draw to start investing in a certain area. Now, if the people in the area that you're going to start investing are not good, where you you don't want to work with them, I'd say move on. Um, you you don't want to, no matter how good the area is, if you don't have a good team, you're going to be not doing well with your properties because you're going to be losing money. The last step is to actually go through with the deal. Now, once you're there, if you're actually physically there um, and you're ready to sign documents, you can sign them there. But you don't need to be there to actually sign documents. I've bought dozens of property properties without actually being there in the escrow office. If you're buying a property cash, all they need to do, this escrow officer needs to do, is email you the closing documents and then email you the wire transfer information or you know where you're going to send a check to. 
Um, and then you fill them out, go to notary and, or, you know, sign them, go to notary after you verify everything, sign it and then send it in a first class package back to them with a check that would, you know, a cashier's check that could be cashed or do a wire transfer, which is I usually like to, I prefer to do a wire transfer. It's faster because um, I can close that day. But um, you really don't need to sign anything. Now, if you're getting, a, or sorry, you don't need to have anybody go to you. You can just print them out, good, take them to notary, make sure, you know, it's notarized. Now, if you're getting a mortgage, then that's a different story. They're going to have an escrow officer, sorry, the escrow officer is going to send send to you a notary. The notary is going to bring all the documents from the mortgage company, all the papers you need to sign, interest rates and, and payments and all that sort of stuff. And you're going to sign those in front of the notary at your house because um, they'll actually send it to you. You sign it. They take it and they they ship it directly to the escrow officer. So they have everything. The bank, everything's taken care of. So everything's done remotely. You literally do not need to be in the area to buy a property. And everything's done uh, quickly and easily, all electronically. So those are the steps that I would take or that I usually take when I find other than visiting a property because, like I said, I don't really need to see the property, but what I used to do and recommend in case you are in the place where, um, where I was, where I wasn't so secure in my business or what, how I, how my business would run, I would literally fly out there. But those are the steps that you want to go through. You want to make sure that you, uh, that you pick the right area. Now, like I said, go through Zillow, go through the areas, get a couple, two or three property or some properties, two or three states or cities, um, and, and narrow down. So you have two or three areas that you can start looking further into the properties. Now you're gonna be looking at the types of properties, you're gonna be looking for new properties that come on the market, all that sort of stuff. Next up, you're gonna find real estate brokers that that help investors, that work with investors, that know how to create cash flow on a monthly basis for their investors. Now after talking to them, you're also gonna to want to get references for other professionals like property managers, contractors, handymen, inspectors, things like that. You wanna get all these people, uh, references for them. But you also want to do your own homework. I mean, go to any search engine. You can go to Yelp. You can go to Google. You can go to any any search engine to find these types of uh, professionals in the area and start building your team by, this is the next step, by calling them, by doing as much of much of the business building, the team building, by phone or Skype or email as possible. Because you basically want to make sure that when you fly out there, if you're going to fly out there, 100% know you're going to do a deal. Now, you need to get a property under contract. If you are, this is the next step. If you're going to fly out there, make sure the property is under contract where you actually are going to go through with a property unless when you fly out there, you're going to pull the plug. So do not fly out there until you have a property, which is I've made the mistake before of doing that. So make sure you have the property under contract. Go out there, see the area, work with the people, make sure that this is the area you want to invest in. And if not, you can pull out of the deal. Now, the last thing is to get, you basically buy the property. Buy the, buy the property, then put your property manager, contractors, handymen to work. Get them fixing up the property as well as placing a tenant. You know, the property manager would actually place the tenant into the property. So you basically, to sum all that up, it's really, if you think about it, it's just common sense. It's finding the area, then talking to people, then putting a property in a contract, and then visiting it, and then buying it. That's really all it comes down to. Now, you as a you know out-of-state landlord, a whole different area landlord, you need to be able to trust your property manager. So that is the last thing I want to give you is be, be extra diligent in finding the right 
property manager. The right property manager is going to make your life like heaven. You're, you're going to be able to go, like I do, on six-week vacation um, around the world. But if you have the wrong property manager, it's going to be a nightmare. I actually, my first property manager, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing. So my first property manager, I actually was losing money or she was stealing from me. Basically, she started a, another business. It was creating, you know, it was a sandwich shop where she makes sandwiches for people. And she was stealing money from me, creating these phantom expenses like replacing a whole main line of $1,000, you know, a main water line going in without even telling me, oh, here's $900, $1,000 check or uh, uh, invoice. So we took it out of your month's rent. I'm like, what? That's ridiculous. I didn't even know about it. You didn't tell me before that. So all that to say, find the good pop property managers and take your time in hiring them. So that is how you find a new area of the country to invest. And I want you to get started. Remember, text the word rental to 33777 and I will personally get you my free real estate investing course so you can get started so you don't have to lose tens of twenty dollars to $30,000 like I did when I first got started. All right, guys, you've been fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'll see you next week. You guys take care of yourselves. See ya. See ya.